I think that this year, 2020, was really the year for the medical bloggers and medical field to really show their presence. And it makes me really, really happy. You know, of course, that comes with a level of responsibility. It comes with everyone needs to be mindful. You know, if you are a medical person and you are putting out information, you need to be mindful of to make sure that it's accurate, to make sure that you are aligning with things that are actually evidence-based. All right, here we go again, everybody. Welcome back to the Selfie Show. What up, 2020? <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted our intro. I love okay, it. Back on task. Have a good All right, you guys, where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am the founder and now co-host of the Selfie Show. I'm a NICU nurse, blogger, grad school student, and podcaster. I'm Sam. I am your flight nurse professor, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. Woo woo. So today we're talking off the clock again, and mm. we're like talking off the clock yes. for real, for real, because we're just talking about 2020 recap. 2020. Just, Here we go. There's a lot of shit going on, guys. We just want to unpack it a little bit. We got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, we need to unpack 2020. Yeah. It was like a whole suitcase and and kitchen sink all in one. We're doing the dishes today. We're doing the we're doing the dishes today. All right. So what are we? Uh, let's see. Girl, single girl, married girl, life tip of the week. All right. You've had a rough week at work as yeah. a married woman. How are you coping? How are you? How do you cope? Yeah. So I unpacked on Instagram last week. Now and um, yeah, you said the f word. I love when you like cuss. It makes me so happy. Because you never do, and I always do. So when you do, I'm like, get them, tell them, <laughs> get them. I was having a moment. I just, I was like, I was so over it. Um, for those of you who missed it, um, I was seriously triggered. Yes, I'm using that word triggered. I hate that word, but I'm using it by a post that a girlfriend of mine made. And it was a post basically um, making fun of the stimulus $600 check and saying, Reopen your businesses. Stop wearing your masks. The government is never going to give you your freedom back unless you do. So, or just something to that effect, right? And it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And we'll get into that later in the show. Yes. Why it did. And then it was like, okay, so because I but got you were home, having a little mini meltdown, it kind of appeared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was like serious moments. Yeah. Vicky, Vicky, maybe, I don't know, a little low-key Vicky. You guys, for those of you who don't know, that's my alter ego when I'm drunk. And But it was like angry Vicky or sad, angry, I don't know, whatever. It was emotional, Vicky. It was emotional. And so I came home, and it's funny because um, <laughs> coping-wise, well, let me tell you what I did today. Let's talk about what I did today. Okay, so I had to run errands before we before we recorded, and um, I was just feeling it, you guys. I needed to, you know, drive into... Um, mcdonald's and order myself i think it was a number six what's a number six two cheeseburgers oh, extra I pickle. number two did oh. they change yeah yeah that's like the quarter pounder so i ordered this meal and i literally sit in a parking lot and i just ate the whole freaking thing that is how i'm coping i'm honestly like a little offended you didn't text me and be like hey <laughs> do you want mcdonald's because i know you're coming over because i'm hungry right now yeah I, just, I can't be held accountable for anything i say during this episode because i've only had a protein bar today i'm hungry okay <laughs> So things might be said I should in put hunger. A, a glass of champagne in your hand and then you'd really go off. I know. Why aren't we drunk for this episode? We should be. Should we pause and like pause. get out the white claws champagne. and just get it popping? Yeah, we should. I think we should. Yeah. Really? No, I'm like dead serious. Okay, let's pause. Okay. <laughs> if you guys thought we're joking, we're not. We are back. 
to the selfie show. We're drinking rosé. Cheers. Let me just say, mine is in a sippy cup with a lid because I'm irresponsible. But on top of that, I put ice in mine. And Tori looked at me and she said, well, there's two kinds of people on on this planet. Those You're put, definitely that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like things cold. I don't care. I will put ice in my rosé. I don't think there's ever a reason you should ever be putting ice in your wine period. Nope. It's so cold. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so coping. Coping, so this here is one we of the go. Ways. The finest way to do it. Rosé. Okay, rosé, obviously. Okay, so in terms of coping while you're in a relationship and how your partner relates to that. So okay, yeah. How, so how do you work that? A big piece of yesterday when I got home was actually that I was just um, like mentally fried, and we're going to go into why, um, but I was just like so over it. And um, almost like mean to Jake, to be honest, I was just like a nasty little wench because I just was burnt to my crisp and tired and, you know, and so I, in that moment, like I wasn't coping well, like I literally came home, I had a drink, I was fucking over it, I had McDonald's today, I have been like on and off angry and crying and just kind of just, ugh, just not a good picture. Not gonna lie, when I walked in, I was like, ooh. Yeah, I, a yes. girl. I know. Yeah, I'm like ice queen right now. Yeah. Um. Okay. So in that moment for me, it was like I just need to be a little solo. Like I, I, um, I just didn't. And Jake let me. He honestly, he was like, I. He didn't force me to want to talk about it. He didn't like come at me for being a, a when he just kind of like was nice enough to like just kind of like a toddler you have to ignore them when they're having a tantrum and just let them kind of work it out themselves and then when they're ready to like rejoin the family <laughs> then you just let them or you mimic them and you do exactly what they're doing you know like <laughs> that's what my uncle used to do if my cousin was having like a temper tantrum he would get down and have a temper tantrum with her it's amazing miraculously it works okay Yes. So um, my coping has not been fabulous. I'm not going to lie about that. But um, it was really cool to have like someone who sort of let me just have a minute. So I think that is like a hard balance to find when you're in a relationship is when to step in and be there and when to just let them have a moment to themselves. Totally. Okay. So your tip. I want to hear Well, I mean, so I don't even have the problem where it's like, oh, I want to be alone because I always am alone. <laughs> I have Rambo and Moses. I'm low-key jealous sometimes. <laughs> but I'm always alone. I think for me, it's actually like I get plenty of me time because I live alone. And so I actually have to then take it upon myself of knowing when to reach out to people and be like, hey, I'm not in a good place or I'm struggling with this or like I want to talk about something and actually use the people around me that love me instead of just isolating and becoming a hermit and just bottling up everything. So learning when to kind of actually use my resources and use my community that I've built around me to say, hey, I'm like got a lot going on. Can I just talk? Yeah. Let me unpack And I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at that. Like yesterday, I actually had a couple conversations with some good friends from my gym and my nutrition coach. She's my coach, but we're also kind of a little bit friends too. So I was able to just like reach out and talk to her about some things. And so it's just nice to have um, people that you can use. It's just a matter of using them. I'm always the type of person where I'm like, I don't want to burden people. Right. Like I don't want to bug people. I don't want to like lay my problems on people. So I'm just like a very like strong, independent woman (laughs) situation. But sometimes it's okay to let someone else help. Yeah. 
or just like to have someone to like bitch to is great, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's you hear me bitch all the time. Equally, I get to do as well. So it's it's nice to have that person you can do that with, though. All right. So this question of the week is appropriately timed and also just a good one. Yeah, so it's your 2021 advice for new grad nurses in the healthcare field. I think this applies to anyone coming in. I feel for you all entering the healthcare field because you are entering into a time that we ourselves are clearly like Tori's sitting there scarfing down McDonald's in the parking lot. (laughs) This is not a normal time to work in healthcare. So you have veterans in healthcare that are just exhausted, being pushed literally to the brink of their sanity and now you're entering into like literally like welcome to the thunderdome bitch yeah (laughs) it's insane yeah it's literally what it is yeah it's it's tough because um actually i had a follower who she messaged me this and i thought this was like really kind of poignant and insightful and she basically said you know all of these people who are you know either not wearing masks or accidentally you know passing the virus to people and who are ending up at the hospital she's like It's interesting because all of us new grad nurses who are so green and have not had any hands-on experience are going to be those nurses, like, taking care of those patients. Yeah, so if you're one of those people that's like, oh, this is a hoax, it's, like, not that bad, and then you end up in the hospital with coronavirus, guess what? Guess Mm -hmm. who's taking care of you? Yeah. Yeah, someone who, like, literally just graduated. Yeah, yeah, and also has had very limited hands-on experience. That's real. Um, I would say, you know, okay, so all joking aside – um, I really feel like it's tough because you're going to be coming into a situation where we're, we're overwhelmed. Like the healthcare field is overwhelmed, but we need you. And we do. We need, thank you for graduating right thank now. Thank you. We need yeah. you. We need help. We need help. I mean, everyone needs, we need help. I mean, it's sad for us to say that, but, um, I hope that you're coming in like wanting to, I know it's kind of crazy because I do know so many of you who reach out, who, we're like me and struggled to get into nursing school or still not in nursing school. And you really just want to be able to help. So actually speaking of which Sam, um, gave this or passed this on, this is going to be relevant for anyone sort of right now. Yeah. I posted this on my, um, story and I think you just posted it too, right? Yeah. And then I actually sent it out to all my nursing students. I have about like 150 of them. Mm -hmm. Kaiser in Southern California is offering like PCA, like patient care, Mm-hmm. Um, CNA type positions, $40 an hour. It's a pandemic position. So it's like an eight to 13 week, I think, um, contract for variable hours, variable shifts and all that. But $40 an hour. I remember when I was a CNA in nursing school, I made $18 an hour and I was like, I'm rich, bitch. Like I am <laughs> got so much money making $18 an hour as a yeah. CNA because I came off of a minimum wage job to a CNA job and was like living the good life. Yeah. And that $40 an hour, that's more than I started as a new grad yeah, nurse. That's a lot. It's, uh, me too. As a new Same. grad nurse, I think I started mm-hmm. something in the 30s. Yeah. And it, okay, so this for you guys, I mean, if you're listening like December, January time, is this if you, um, it's currently if you have a bat or you're going for your BSN, is that correct, Sam? Um, doesn't it, I don't even think it stipulates BSN, does it? It's a pre-licensure. You don't have to be program. an RN. You don't have to have an uh, an RN license. Yeah, it's not even BSN. It's a California BRN pre-licensure RN program. Yeah. Or if you graduated from an RN program, but you haven't received your RN license yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, ADN programs as well. Yeah. $40 an hour. You just yeah, need to be so, card. I mean, I just feel for all of you who are coming in, um, best advice would be, you know, jump and help where you can. 
protect yourself a little bit. Be smart. You know, it, it's going to be overwhelming, but I think like that's it's honestly probably going to make you a better nurse if you just have oh to jump gosh, in. For sure. You know, my advice to you is give yourself grace. Know that you're entering in a time where you're probably not getting the best preceptor that you would normally get. That person who's the bubbly, happy nurse that loves to teach and loves to precept is exhausted right now. Mm -hmm. And that goes for doctors, RTs, anybody. So people don't have as much. They're giving all of themselves already. So now if they're coming in and they're precepting you or orienting you, they might not be their normal selves. Give them grace, but give yourself grace too. Know that you're coming in at a really, really difficult time. Don't take things personally. Yeah. Don't get defensive. If someone's snappy or mean to you, I mean, like there's even been times in the last couple of weeks where like me and Tori have been snappy at each other. Yeah. And it's like, we can't take Mm -hmm. it personally. Like Mm -hmm. this podcast can be a little stressful sometimes. We both have very high stress jobs. So sometimes when we're like trying to do things, we get a little snappy at each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either of us take it personally. If we did, this podcast would like not work yeah, 100%. because one, we're just both sassy bitches. But if like every time Tori snapped at me or I snapped at her, we took it personally, we yeah. would be like melted in a puddle. Yeah. So don't 100%. think it's like, don't take things personally, especially right now. People's stress levels are so high. Families are very much on edge too. And they might not be very nice to you at this time. Just don't take things personally. Don't let it get to you yeah. and then leave it at the door. Because if you take every time someone's kind of mean in this high stress environment right now, personally, you're going to just fall apart. Yep. Yeah. So it's definitely going to build you some thick, thick skin. That's for sure. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot. A Real lot. quick. You're getting a crash course in critical care, even if you don't work in critical care. Well, uh, and I will say this, you know, we need you guys. So, so um, thank you. Thank you. Actually. You know? Okay. Can I just add, I did just get one question right now, like in real time that someone responded to mm-hmm. and it said, what's the best part of your holiday? Hope you have a wonderful one. Oh my gosh. I love that's you. That's sweet. So I just want to answer it. Cause that's like, mm. yeah. I and it's that. like a happy thing. So yeah, yeah. let's, what is the best part of your holiday so far? Honestly, this year, I just, on, I just feel like I appreciate my loved ones. Yeah. Like it sounds super cliche for me to say, but I'm like, I'm so thankful for their health, for our health, for, Mm -hmm. you know, just the basic stuff. Um, Also, I do love a little decorated house moment. Finally got my decorations. Yes, it does look cute. Good job. Yeah, I just need a little like, like you inspired me. You put your de- your decorations up way before. I think I, did. I had to, and I think that was for me a coping mechanism of how awful this month is for my family and like losing someone so near and dear to my heart. And to be perfectly honest, I think it's probably even weird for some people in my family to see me like kind of carrying on and doing this podcast right now and starting to like be on social media again. I'll flat out tell you right now, I have not coped. With the loss of my stepdad yet, I have mm. not fully even acknowledged it. I almost still doesn't feel real to me. So sometimes it's like my coping mechanism is to just like throw myself full force mm-hmm. into things that keep me occupied. And so I'm going to definitely have to be working through a lot of these things in the next, you know, coming few months. And it'll be difficult because it's like we're going to be having Christmas and then his birthday's in February, and that's going to be something I'm yeah. like definitely not even ready to handle right now. So I think for me to like be able to decorate for Christmas was a way to kind of just compartmentalize and help at least. I I mean, shit, I already have been pretty honest with like mental health stuff on my Instagram. Like, I had a very long history of depression, and 
I actually started like antidepressants a week before he was hospitalized. It's almost like God knew that like, hey, you need to be on meds before shit really hits the fan because that was like aptly timed. But um, yeah, I think this year has been crazy. And I actually haven't decorated for Christmas in like five years, Mm. literally. And then I just felt like this year, if I don't create a positive space around me and a positive environment, I'm just going to get even worse. So that's why I like got the Christmas tree. I only put that one ornament up. That was a 2020 dumpster fire. That's the only ornament. I got like a Charlie Brown raggedy Christmas tree. Like someone even DM me and they're like, what's wrong with your tree? And I was like, that's (laughs) the tree I wanted. Like it it literally is the Charlie Brown tree with like four branches. And I hung one ornament on it and it's a 2020 dumpster fire. And I feel like dark humor is also kind of my coping mechanism. Yeah. So to me to have that ornament like makes me laugh every time I see it. And it's like, okay, I'm in the Christmas spirit, but I'm also acknowledging that 2020 is the shittiest Christmas ever. So I feel like, yeah, just Creating that like cheerful space. I've been buying myself fresh flowers every week. And that kind of pumps me up. But this holiday season, I think you said like just acknowledging family. Like I haven't even Christmas shopped for my family yet. It's December 23rd. And I don't even know, like I'm already like, well, this is going to be a game time decision tomorrow on Christmas Eve. I guess I'll roll through the store and buy some gift cards and call it a day. I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if anyone buys me anything. No, I don't care about gifts. Except your lube. Tori got me lube. Coconut. Uh, Okay. Woo lube. Let's be very specific about this. Organic love. Coconut oil. Frosted. It literally tastes like frosting, you guys. It's so good. Like, literally, if you want to up your your coping mechanism So I'm going to have a good 2021, apparently. Allegedly. I'm setting you up for success. (laughs) Thank you. So that's the only Christmas present I've gotten so far this year. And I'd be completely content if that's the only one I get. Because I just, to me... I mean, I guess that is helping build experiences and relationships. But to me, this holiday season is just, I just want to be able to see my family, which is why I've been isolating. I haven't gone anywhere this entire month of December. I haven't been to the gym once. That is the first time in three years that I've taken more than like three days off in a row consecutively from the gym. Even on vacation, I go to the gym. Like I have not taken this long of off, but I just, we, the numbers are sky high right now. And for me, I'm, it's so important to be able to spend holidays with my family that's yeah, yeah that's too. that's what I did so I wanted to make sure I was able to do Christmas with yeah. my family so I've been very good about isolating me too and yeah. so and I don't even it's think it's definitely a weird Christmas this year but I do appreciate you you know yeah, asking thank you that. I know because I'm working on Christmas but um New Year's is what we're gonna try and do that's the goal so I've been trying to be really good about that too because we don't get our second vaccine shot until the 7th? Yeah, January 7th. Tori and I got our vaccine yeah. on the same day, which is my birthday. We got our vaccine on the 17th. Mm-hmm. And um, both of us posted about it. That's been fun. It's been it's really been fun. Real reactions. Oh my God. Like the, the amount of um, like hate that I've gotten about that. I think it's more shocking to me the people in healthcare. Yeah, that too. That are so against it Mm -hmm. it's a little weird yeah and okay so for you guys who are listening if you haven't listened back to our episode right before this dr um jamie rutland came on and spoke to about not only the vaccine but also coronavirus as a whole so if you haven't heard that he gets very detailed and scientific sam had a nice science boner as she was listening Guys, I've been getting the biggest science boner this whole month. I love it was great. talk cellular immunology to me. So um, anyway, we got that. Okay, let's talk side effects right now. Did you 
What were your... None. Yeah. Like, weird because I always, with the flu shot, get tired, achy, fatigue. I even feel like I get a little stuffy and, like, sinus headache. And then my arm is always sore. Like, sore enough where I can't go to the gym the next day because it hurts to, like, even pick it up. This time, it only hurt if I directly took my finger and, like, pushed on the injection site. And that was, like, the next day. Mm. Nothing. That's so bad. I did hear, though, that the reactions are a little bit stronger. Actually, I don't – I love that when – if you listen to our last week episode, Dr. Rutland said, I'm not calling them side effects because they're not. That's your body's natural immune response to what it's being exposed to. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So I did not have any of these normal – responses that you might see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did hear after the second vaccine that it is a little bit stronger and it is just your immune system kicking in, learning how to create those antibodies against any future yeah, um, potential. COVID exposures. Right. So how did you feel? So, okay, I have, okay, so I got mine. I'm going to be specific about it because I got it at 7 p.m. right after my shift. I would say by like 1130 PM is I started definitely feeling like kind of that reaction, if you will, where it's like, oh, I don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt a little punky. Um, and so my suggestion is if you can do it at the end of the day so you can like sleep off any reaction you might have, because typically like those big reactions are going to be like within the first like usually 12 to mm-hmm. 24 hours. Um, the next day, I will say this. I was very tired, like just like low grade tired. Um, I didn't spike a fever or anything. Um, but I just feel like that was kind of like my overall thing was just feeling like tired. You're like a fussy little newborn. I am. <laughs> like I just have a fussy Getting little, little two months vaccine. And my arm was like it definitely was sore. I would say my the soreness was like a couple days. I'm fine now. Um, but overall, I'm curious to see what the the second one is gonna feel mm-hmm. like. Um. But yeah, I mean, now I would say like, I don't know, I'm just tired. But honestly, like, I feel like that's just because I'm, I'm so always busy. tired. Yeah. I could never tell if I was tired from something else or just normal tired. I I, like, my whole life is exhaustion. Exactly. So uh, long story short, both of us have not had any ridiculously crazy anything out of the norm. Um, currently, Sam does not have any Bell's palsy. I'm looking at her right now. She looks fabulous. It's coming. Yeah. Coming in hot. Our yeah. arms are still attached. Um, the only thing I will say it was a little uncomfortable during the injection because when you feel that microchip embed into your muscle, <laughs> it's like a little uncomfy. Yeah, but now you get like bedtime stories. Honestly, you guys, my Bill cell Gates. phone service signal is so strong now that I have 5G just like <laughs> in my arm. It's so cool. So good. I love it. Sargasm. Okay. Please, so- I hope everyone knows that was a joke. <laughs> Um, I think everyone here has a good. But yeah, we'll be excited to kind of keep you guys updated when we get the second dose. Yeah, we'll keep you updated Um, on my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Yeah. And so wish me a happy birthday on January 7th. And happy vaccine day. Yes. Um, Yeah. So it's funny because I was I was listening to um, coronavirus fact versus fiction, which is hosted by CNN. Um, and they had an interview with his name is Jeffrey Sherman. He's a writer, producer, and a TV and film guy. And um, he's also the son of the Sher- one of the Sherman brothers who wrote songs for Disney. And so his dad was one of the guys who wrote Spoonful of Sugar by uh, for the Mary Poppins um, movie. And so Great. anyway, which, by the way, was around the time when the polio vaccine was being released. Mm. 
And so the whole point of that was the reason that whole song came about was because when Jeffrey, he came home from school and apparently he didn't like shots or anything or, you know, any doctor thing of the sort. And so his dad was like, how was your day? And he said, great, I got a vaccine. And um, his dad was like, what? And yeah, he said, yeah, they gave me the vaccine. It was an oral vaccine and they put a lump of sugar on top. So all the kids would take it. Mm. And um, so that's what sparked the song. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And it's funny because um, Dr. Gupta, the host of the show, posed the question, you know, what do you feel like is the proverbial sugar, if you will, to help change the minds of people to take this vaccine? And um, so I saw a funny meme. <laughs> so it was like a vape cartridge. And it said, like, COVID-19 vaccine. And they're like... If you this was a vape cartridge, everyone 100%. would get vaccinated. Everyone and that made me it. laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's the meme that's going around right, right. now. Um, so anyway, the, the, the question was posed. And it's funny because I happen to think, and I agree, he was basically saying, like, he thinks he felt like sharing the fact that he took the vaccine and, you know, kind of being open about that whole process was the sugar. And I, I kind of agree. I feel like here, Sam and I opening up to you guys about it and hopefully like maybe it will help someone to feel like, okay, I think I can do that as well. Like I think that's kind of in my head, the spoonful of sugar, um, you know, and so Sam and I have very much our intention here is to kind of share our experiences and, you know, give you guys more information so that way you feel educated in it and you guys feel like you're getting, you know, useful sources. So that's our sugar. I saw someone say something about how all these healthcare providers are posting them getting their vaccine for clout. Oh. I'm like, clout? How about my motherfucking safety? Yeah, how about our life? Like, geez. How about the fact that, like, like anyone's any questioning that, you know, especially with, for people on TikTok are very vocal. It's it's kind of crazy the amount of, like, clown rat emojis I've been getting over there. So. Oh, I actually saw this girl I know who's funny. She's She's younger, like conspiracy theory-ish. And I posted the video of me getting the vaccine and she DM'd me and she's like, hell yes. And she's like, I can't believe all these Karens are like conspiracy. Because it was one of the comments I made about like the microchip or Bill Gates reading me a bedtime story. That's literally your she, like, go-to. Yes. She like commented and she was laughing and she's like, I can't believe all these Karens believe in these conspiracy theories. That used to be my thing. Now mm. I can't wait to get vaccinated. And I'm like, I love that younger people who used to be all like- yeah, yeah. You know, science, meh, let's like, they were on the conspiracy theory tip. And now all these like older, like Karens have crossed over, like the government's going to track me. And the younger people are like, science is cool. And it's like <laughs> flipped now. And now you have the younger people being like, hell yeah, science, get your vaccine. No, and, like, I love, love that. to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's, and that's kind of like, but it made me laugh. Point. She's like, conspiracy theories used to be my thing. And now I cannot <laughs> wait to get the vaccine. And I was like, love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. Yeah. I mean, I just feel very strongly. And I, I know Sam does too. Like, we wanted to share it. And I think that was important. So we're going to keep you guys updated. Transparency, too. Like, if I end up getting Bell's palsy, I'm, I'll let you know. Yeah, Like, I'll be sure. transparent yeah, about yeah. it. But You're I all about the journey. Like, I, sharing the journey fully. Yeah, I think it's good for people to see us really getting it and kind of just full full disclosure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really important. Um, So speaking of which, and kind of the reason we want to talk about this is – to give you guys sort of the in time things that we're seeing at the hospital and sort of like oh, <laughs> why boy, we're see. having the weeks that we're having. 
Um, and it's funny because so this whole episode in recap, okay, it traditionally in podcast life is, you know, you do a year in review and you sort of highlight um, your best of, so we're supposed to do best of 2020 and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? It was supposed to be year of the nurse. Well, that went to shit. Yeah, that all the fun. cool podcasts do like year in reviews. Yeah. And ours is like, womp, womp. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just as a, as a, just a, statement though i do yeah obviously this year sucked beyond and it's still sucking really bad but i i do feel like guess what january is going to be even worse for us you know that because we're seeing december being horrific because of thanksgiving yeah and now i know a lot of people are coming in hot to christmas and new year's eve like nothing's changed like it's 2019 yeah and which is why sam and i sam and i've been sharing nonstop you know, what we're seeing and what our colleagues are seeing, um, for sure. And I but think that's important. January is going to, we think December's bad. Now we're going to be coming off of Christmas and then a week later, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, traditionally that's what the, the whole podcast or the, you know, the end of the year, this is the last episode of the year. Um, but I do want to say this before we jump in is, um, I personally feel like my, this is the best of my 2020. And I think Sam would agree too, is like this podcast for me has been like hands down 120%. Yeah. Like you guys, I feel like this has saved me from an awful year. Yeah. Like the opportunity to join this podcast, the fact that like my stepdad passed away the day that our relaunch happened. Yeah. Is absurd to me. And it's like this podcast saved my sanity because it's given me like an outlet to hold on. It's given me sort of like a bright light for like what's to come in 2021 because Tori and I have a lot of goals with this podcast and we're really passionate. Like this is our child. But this podcast has been like the saving grace of this year for me for sure. Same. Same, same. It's yeah. at least it's something positive to like channel our energy into. And it's it's, it's hopefully helping people too. Yeah. <laughs> like our whole goal. goal of this is yeah. to spread good information, expose you guys to solid guests, give sound medical information from doctors and specialists. Yeah. I think that that's been we're like that's why we're so passionate about it because we care about the information we're putting out and we want it to be useful. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think the other thing too has been like finding our voice together has been really fun. And just for me personally, like push, pushing the boundaries in a new way in every way. That's where been, I came in. You're yeah, obviously <laughs> got to bring in my salty. Um, so yeah, before we dive into that, I just wanted to say like, thank you to you guys. You know, this whole, uh, the whole point of this episode really is to like year in review and recap, but we're, we're going to be going into, I, I, we also, we want to give you guys the real, like what's going on and to really just kind of dive into that a little bit, but we love you guys. Um, this last week, uh, for both Sam and I really fucking sucked. Um, no lie on that. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, we no, I started watching your stories on mute, and then I was like, "Oh, she looks unwell. <laughs> I need to turn the sound up. What's happening? Like, what just happened? I knew you were at work that day because, but we had very limited communication. So I was like, I knew you were getting rocked at work. Yeah, but I was like, oh, she doesn't. She looks. I was very not, unwell. I was not well. Yeah. Okay. So the long story short is, we. I would say this: California and like the West Coast in general really kind of missed the whole first wave of the pandemic. 
Mine's Washington, Boston, New York, Florida were really like first wave of coronavirus. Like when you're really looking like numbers and then, you know, that was kind of like the first huge hit. Now, fast forward, here we are in December and moving into January. And like we, California is, uh, we're, we have the highest cases in the country now. Like we have more reported coronavirus cases than Florida and New York. So the thing is, is when this all happened back March, April and New York was being hit that hard and they had like, um, the like mobile morgues set up, like basically the ice trucks set up to make be like makeshift morgues because their morgues were so full and they had all these tent hospitals. All these people are like the news are reporting like fake news. Like this yeah. isn't real. Like people were actually like the media is lying about what's going on in New York. It's not that bad. And I had someone DM me today that was like, wow, what you guys are seeing right now is what we felt back in the spring in mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's wild because – the media people are saying the media's lying, it's not that bad in New York, it's a hoax, it's all that. And now we're seeing it here in California. And Tori and I are seeing it firsthand. And there's still people that are like, oh, the ICUs aren't that full. It's not mm-hmm. really that bad. It's not that busy. It's just like the flu. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you this. I mean, 100 percent I I can validate this. Um, one of my hospitals converted three units um to ICUs. That's a total of five ICU units now. We have a full floor just for high flow CPAPers, um, adult COVID exclusive. Um, we've had now that we're to a point where single ICU rooms are now two or three patients to a room. I mean, it's an adult hospital I know closed their neonatal ICU and turned it into a COVID unit and transferred all their. NICU babies to yeah, and then out. um PICU PICUs now are taking adults up to yeah. twenty nine years old. Pediatric which ICUs. Is never and it's happened. not even just our children's hospital; it's other ones too have all had to expand. Um, they are floating NICU nurses to take care of adult patients at uh, multiple places. Yeah, trailers full of bodies as a morgue. Tent um, hospitals being set up at multiple different locations. Um, we're running out of equipment, running out of ventilators, running out of PPE. Let me just tell you guys what my last shift was like. So my PPE was a literal – I had two COVID rule-out situations, and I got to use one rain raincoat. Let me – a raincoat, essentially. As, it's Southern California. Who even has a fucking raincoat? Yeah, um, our <laughs> hospital's out of small gloves. No, no small gloves. I brought in my own um, N95 because we don't get a new one. I'm bringing in my own glasses every ship. So it's just. Yeah, I bought my own goggles on Amazon. Yeah. Um, We are sharing at one of my hospitals. We are sharing RTs with the adult units. So my last shift and why I was so exhausted, we had two or three super sick little tinies. And for those of you who are not familiar with NICU, so in the NICU, our RTs are literally our best friends. We do not do anything without our RTs in the sense of like when we're moving our patients. Position changes. I need my RT there. Yep. You have literally millimeters to deal with. And those millimeters can literally affect your baby to the point of like, if you move them wrong, you're going to have a Brady DSAT moment. And literally it's just like your butt puckers. And these kids go down so fast. You don't know what Brady DSAT means. That means their heart, they literally stop breathing and their heart rate dives and their yes. oxygen saturation dives down to like 50%, 40%. Their heart mm-hmm. rate goes to like, you're basically about to code them. Yes. And we had three of those. 
And these, I, we had no RT. Like RT, our RT had to go to. When you called me yesterday and told me that, I was like blown away. You're like, we had no RT and we had intubated, vented patients and we had no RT the whole shift. And I'm like, she was like, she would come back and do something really quick and then be like, I got to go. And then it was like, we literally had no support at all, which is absolutely in in the NICU setting. You guys like, it's terrifying to not have your RT. I'm like, how am I going to run a blood gas? What am I going to do? Like, God, something to be honest, I don't care if there's a doctor there when in the NICU, when a baby codes, Yeah, I, if I don't have my RT, I will literally, I don't know. I will panic in a code situation. I want my RT there first and foremost before a doctor because we're going to do the same things. We're going to start chest compressions, whether a doctor is there or not. We're going to give epi, like with NRP and all that, like we can, and in ACLS, PALS, all those things, in code situations, you can give epi, like the team leader, if the doctor like hasn't arrived. So I'm like, cool. I, I love my doctors. Don't get me wrong. You're great. Yeah. But I need my RT there. Yeah. Yeah. And the translation down, you know, so this is kind of like where it's just a trickle down effect. You know, these RTs, first of all, there's not enough of them, um, especially for the wave that we're sitting right now. Um, There's not not enough staff, period. But it's a trickle down effect to where like, you know, we have COVID rule out patients and we do attend deliveries with COVID positive moms. But um, the, the trickle down effect is the RTs are stretched so thinly that it affects the care of these micropremies, which that effect that honestly affects their care or their outcomes for the rest of their life, which is crazy. Like the things that we do on the daily to these babies will literally affect them the rest of their life. So it was just a very stressful day because I had a kid who was just, she was all over the place, just not doing very well. And I was just, I did, did I was stranded up, a, up a stream, no paddle. Like it was just a really crazy shit day going in and out of the room with my PPE, trying to be as safe as I possibly could with technically it wasn't even PPE. Also, if you have an RT friend right now, check on them. Yeah. They're not okay. I know. I said, They're not doing well. Yeah. Check on your text, RT friends. Them Give love. them a hug. Yeah. Send them a Starbucks gift card, something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been, you know, hospitals are, are caring for more sickly patients than we've ever seen. I mean, I can speak to what I'm seeing in the ERs. So as a transport nurse, my job is to fly around to different um, ERs in the Southern California region. I have like a 250 mile radius that I serve and pick up patients from. My last shift, I picked up a patient at an adult ER there was, we had to park our ambulance like so far away from the entrance because there were so many lined up. We couldn't even like get near it. Mm -hmm. And I'm picking up like an intubated, like a vented teenager. So that's like stinks to have my ambulance that far away from the entrance. Like, Mm -hmm. and we're in the room and I'm at the bedside for about an hour, just getting all my drips situated, my IV stuff, doing some meds situation. And we also have to transfer all the stuff onto my transport pumps, which are different and different tubing. We have to transport, like, we have to put all their stuff on our ventilator from the hospital vent. Like, we have to do all this stuff. So we're at the bedside for about an hour. During that hour I was there, there was four code blues. If you don't know what a code blue is, it's cardiac arrest. Your heart is stopped. They're doing CPR. They're giving epi. Most people don't survive cardiac arrest events. And if they do, they usually have some long-term complications, Mm -hmm. brain death, that sort of thing or vegetative state. It's not, it's not a good situation. Well, not to mention or the in fact an that hour. That's absurd. Not to mention the fact that they probably don't have an, you don't even have enough staff. They don't. 
to even run these codes. No, well. two of them were happening. Like they called one and two minutes later, the things started going off again. And the nurses in my room looked at each other and they're like, oh my God, another one. And they like know the room numbers. And they're like, oh, that's that one that like walked in. Like we knew she was going to like, it's yeah, insane. The stories that, that we're hearing from colleagues, you guys, is insane. I know um, one of my girlfriends was saying a hospital out in like Riverside area. Um, they were going through so much oxygen and something happened with the oxygen system and it sparked and then almost like set on fire because they were not equipped for it. Um, there's just all no, these stories. Because they have patients like in the ambulance bay waiting. They have patients in hallways and stuff. So all these people like normally in a hospital setting, you have oxygen through the wall in the like it's you can hook them up to the wall oxygen. It's not like an individual tank that you see someone like rolling around behind them. Right. Um, but we have all these makeshift mobile bedsides. So they're having to be hooked up to oxygen tanks. We're like running out of those. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got patients literally on gurneys outside, you know, in the Bay areas, you have people waiting in tents for up to eight hours. I have a friend that works on LAFD, like Los Angeles Fire Department. And he said that they're waiting for multiple hours because there's no bed for their patient that they're dropping off at the emergency rooms. So they're having to wait. Yeah. With their ambulance, these paramedics are having to wait with critical patients mm -hmm. for hours at a time, which means you're out in the wild and you get in a car accident and you call 911. All these paramedics are tied up waiting for rooms in the ER. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> Who's going to come get you? No one's going to come get you. Yikes. It's like, what's his name who did the Uber? Or he was the ED guy on TikTok who does all the, the comedy. I love him. What's his name? His name on TikTok is Steve IOE. Love him. He's been posting some fire videos He's about amazing. what's going on in the healthcare settings, like just dropping some fire truth bombs. Yeah. And one of them was about um, ED deferment when they literally have to when close When they are down diverting the ambulances. Yep. Or Yeah. And they have to close down the ED and say, we're not accepting anymore. You can technically walk in, but that's yeah, not a thing. means that the ER cannot turn anyone away without seeing them and like them, but they can divert ambulance calls for being too busy. But Orange County actually just passed something saying that this is the first time in history of life that Orange County is as unprecedented. It's never done that. Has said that Orange County hospitals are not allowed to divert because all of them were diverting, so they had nowhere to go. So they're just saying you just have to suck it up and wait. But now what's that doing? That's causing these wait times for ambulances and paramedics to just be stuck in the ERs waiting with their patients because mm -hmm. they can't divert. But they can't divert because there's nowhere for them to divert to. This is a clusterfuck. Yeah. This is not normal. This is this is beyond. For everyone that says coronavirus has a 98% survival rate, like big deal. It's just like the flu. Guess what we're We have about. never done this during flu season ever. Well, okay, and then- We've been a nurse for almost a decade. Okay, 98%, that's cute. We're worried about that 2%, and let me tell you, that 2% is literally causing a this clusterfuck, you guys. This, these The 2% of patients is what we are so stressed about. The 2% of patients is stressing the healthcare system beyond, beyond what they are able to even begin to manage. Right. On top of that- all right. So Spanish flu, 1918. Guess what? Y'all motherfuckers just died back then because we didn't have ventilators. We didn't have all this advanced respiratory care. We weren't giving steroids for lung inflammation. We didn't know what the, like, we didn't have that shit. 
Right. People just died. Mm -hmm. So the coronavirus, the COVID death rates, imagine if we didn't have the technology we have now, what the death rates would be like. Oh, yeah. Insanity. Mm -hmm. Everyone would be dying. All the people that were in the hospital for a few days on oxygen and then came home would have been dead. Right. Because if they didn't have oxygen, they would have progressively gotten more hypoxic. They're would have gotten more acidotic, their body would have started compensating more, and eventually that hypoxia mm-hmm. would and carbon dioxide buildup would cause them to like eventually code and die. Yeah. Um, so we're able to keep more people like we're done such a good job in healthcare of keeping people alive. Right. That so now we're saying, oh, it's not that bad because we keep people alive. Yeah, because guess what? Your healthcare people are working their asses off to keep them alive. Yeah. And they're stressed and they're tired of your bullshit. So wear your fucking mask and stop. The insanity. And this is why, you know, Sam and I also shared that we got the vaccine. Okay, so this is the other thing too, you guys. So in order for this to even slow down or stop or to get out of this whole situation is for us to to reach, quote, herd immunity, right? So the whole, which a lot of epidemiologists have talked about, this is kind of like the whole thing of like, how long are we going to be in this and like what to expect? So in order for that to happen, at least it's 60 or 70% of the population. CDC have- said 70% of the population needs to be immunized before the pandemic ends. Not Correct. for us to get rid of COVID, not for us to have herd immunity, just for this crisis that we're in to end, for the Correct. pandemic to end. Okay. And for that to happen, we um, obviously vaccination is a huge aspect of that now. So producing this vaccine is a problem because in order for that to happen, I want to say they have to produce, it's in the billions of how many they have to get to people. Which is crazy to me. How many vaccines we have to get to people? So they're predicting at this point, we're looking at like 2022 for even this to kind of be feasible. Which and so all of these companies like Pfizer, Moderna, like all these all of these companies are having to build infrastructure to even make these vaccines at that level. It's just. Can we also go back to like the the two percent? Because I feel like people are so hung up. 90% of people are survival. That just means that they're living with a heart rate and a pulse and their brain Mm. still functioning and it's beating. Survival has nothing to do with morbidity. Just because they've survived doesn't mean that they don't have long. And I actually got in a fight with someone on my post because that's what I do best. Someone was like, something that has like almost a 99% survival rate, I think I'll pass. And... I said something about, well, the long-term effects of even surviving with COVID are extremely detrimental. And they're like, how can you say what the long-term effects are when it hasn't been studied long-term? This virus is new. It hasn't been studied long-term. I don't need a study to fucking tell me that if you're on dialysis now as a result of getting COVID, that that's going to be a long-term healthcare problem for you. I don't need a paper or a study to tell me that you got a pacemaker implanted, Mm -hmm. that you're going to not suffer from long-term complications of having COVID. There are a lot of new long-term complications that are kind of popping up. I know, um, obviously, respiratory-wise, people who are unable to get off oxygen. Um, some people are having some neurological or yes. neuro issues as well. That's becoming a new thing. Like, these long-term morbidity issues is as, is a problem as well because that's also going to put a strain on the healthcare system. And I don't need a study to tell me that. But guess what? It's coming. There will be studies once we're a couple years out to say, hey, these people that survived, 
this magical 98% that survived COVID, well, this many people have had long-term kidney damage, lung damage, heart damage, neurological damage. So eventually we will have the, the studies to back that up. But I can tell you right now, if you were previously healthy and now you have a pacemaker, now you're on dialysis, now you're on oxygen, yeah, yeah you survived. But guess what? Those are long-term health problems that you're going to be dealing with for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So Yeah, and okay, so I actually want to touch on this because um we actually weren't able to use the the material from Dr. Rutland's episode. Um but I actually thought this is a really good interesting point that we wanted to bring up. So we were talking to him about the shutdown and like what were his thoughts about that? Dr. Rutland's thought on it was he actually thought the restaurants should be open. Mhm. Which I agree with. Um it's because in order to ma- manage this, we have to figure out this is a it is a chronic disease at this point. Even though we're acutely really affected by it right now, it's a chronic disease and this is something we're going to figure out how to how to manage with. His thought process was if everyone really followed what we were supposed to do and maybe if we figured out a way to make it feasible where maybe you know, we limit the time at the restaurants, right? So you say like, okay, but when people come in, they have half an hour, maybe instead of an hour or truly you know, space out the tables. Sp- yes. Truly, truly space sanitize. Out the table, follow, follow things. I mean, and I know so many business owners who were tr- truly doing mm-hmm. that and really trying to be good. And, you know, the amount of people who are out of the job right now because of that. And it's devastating. It's, it is. And that is something that's very valid. And it is something that I did want to touch on because I do think like, while this is all happening, there is something we have to be able to get back to life with people, right? But wear your mask. Okay. Do you want like Tipsy Sam to pop off for a second? Yes, here we go. All right. So I I don't also believe that we should be fully shutting everything down. And I know that kind of comes a little bit shocking when you hear Tori and I say that because we are very like wear your mask, socially distance and stuff. And I don't like want to ever come off sounding preachy. I think if you all follow my Instagram, you know that I pretty much spent all summer and all fall still going to the gym. Um, That's my happy place. Keeps me healthy and sane. I've taken a step back from it right now because things are so bad and I'm so close to getting the second vaccine that to me it would be stupid to fumble at the one yard line and all of a sudden get COVID when I'm literally at the one yard line ready to get my second dose and then fumble the ball now. So right now I'm being very good about just isolating with my dogs and being alone. But I don't think that – Tori and I both come from very – like our families own small businesses. Mm-hmm. Our dads are both farmers and yep. own small businesses. And I don't believe in like shutting everything down. But I think that you can safely operate places and be smart about it. But you can't do fucking both. Right. And so many people, the same people that are very aggressive about don't shut business down, not all of them. But a good portion of them seem to be people that also don't believe in wearing masks, believe that masks don't prevent anything, and also believe that wearing masks infringes upon these so-called rights that they have, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, you can't just walk into Vaughn's naked. <laughs> you can't show up to the Olive Garden and whip your dick out. You you have to wear your seatbelt when you drive. Yeah. Like, we have all of these laws in place already to protect the public. Well, here's my thought on it. Okay. And I almost feel like this is my, this is of course my fantasy world. Yeah. I wish there was somewhere where someone could literally sign a waiver 
and put it on their driver's license, a little sticker on their driver's license. So they basically say like, look, I'm going to live my life the way I want, but I am going to refuse care Mm -hmm. when I get admitted to the hospital for COVID. That would be awesome. Done. But unfortunately for them that we are all good, caring people and we take care of you regardless of you being an asshole and walking around. But the issue – okay, so the bigger issue being you're probably going to spread it to someone who who doesn't want to get it. Yes. And then then you're the reason why they got sick in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it is really – but I just wish we could just have people just sign their life away and put it on. It's like the, you know, the um, donor sticker that yeah. everyone gets. Like, okay, there's your COVID sticker. You're signing your life away, and we are not gonna, we are not gonna give you care if you want to act that way. Fine, go ahead, go do what you want. Freedom, right? Freedom. You sign your, but you don't get care. Sorry, nope. The thing that also like pisses me off about it too is I know some people that their small businesses have been devastated by this. So my wax lady, love her. Oh, she's, yes. She's also a treasure. Also Botox lady. Yeah. I know. I was, okay, I was supposed to get boat. I'm turning, I'm turning 35, <laughs> you guys. I get the vaccine on my 35th birthday. 35 Exciting. is a very hard pill for me to swallow. I actually started crying one day when someone asked me, like, you're going to be 35 next year. And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just broke down and they were like, oh my God, stop. Why are you crying? Like, what? I... Like, what is happening? This is so awkward. Please, like, make it stop. And then I was laughing. 30s is the new 20s. Honestly, like, I look good. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I look good. Mm -hmm. But that was a tough one because I can't even say I'm in my early 30s anymore. Like, Tori's in her early 30s. I'm in my mid-30s now. And now every day I'm closer to 40 than I am 30. So 35, I've, I've been struggling coming to terms with that one. I'll be fine. But I was like, all right, I'm going to get birthday Botox and filler. So I had my appointment in December because I bruised really bad with filler. So I was like, I'm going to get my birthday filler. Yeah. And I can't. Mm. I had my appointment canceled twice because of COVID within the office. And mm. I was like, I just can't so even sad. look good on my birthday because of COVID. I'm so sad. Yeah. But um. So my wax lady, love her. She's a gem. So she got shut down again in December Mm because California, we moved into our whatever tier. So she got shut down. You mean to tell me or other hairstylists too who take one client at a time, both wear masks. My hairstylist always wears a face shield. Mm -hmm. Like my wax lady wears a face shield and a mask and I'm wearing a mask. That place is cleaner than anywhere else on earth. They disinfect everything. My wax lady like wipes down her station, disinfects everything, uses new stuff. Like it's probably safer to eat in there. Yeah. Like than it is to even walk through Target. Yeah. So you're going to tell me like that small business needs to come down. She's a one man show, rents her own little space. That place needs to shut down. But, you know, Costco's COVID free. Walmart's COVID free. Target's COVID free. Like. And they're packing people in those places. Right. But they're essential. I'm like, yeah. my wax is essential. We got to stick on this three-week schedule. That's yeah. essential. Yeah. But those things are closing down, and that's harming small businesses like hers. She can safely operate yeah. with the proper requirements in place. Right. There's no reason to shut her down. None. The problem is, is these people that want it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't be an advocate for keeping businesses open, but then be anti-mask. The safest way to keep businesses open is just to wear your fucking mask. Right. So be you're, smart, in turn, you're pro not government shutting things down and saying that government's overreaching, but then you won't just take personal responsibility to help stop the spread by wearing a mask. 
Yeah. You're the one hurting these small businesses. You are. Stop it. I know. Stop. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We need it's, these people to open. They need to make a living. They need to live life. And, and we, and that's the thing is like, I do think small businesses need to stay in business. Like, you know, Jacob and I try and some support a lot of the restaurants in our area. Like we eat, we eat out quote or Oh, like, I've order. done my Uber Eats job yeah. to keep small business totally. restaurants in check. I, I have think Uber been eating it up. It's really important. Like I do think keeping them open is really important. And, you know, I think Honestly, like I feel so bad for so many small businesses. So, you know, that being said, you know, it's it this whole situation is really unfortunate and we got to we got to turn it around. But this is also why you guys and I hate I mean, not that I hate saying this, but this is why I'm so pro vaccine. Like, I'm like, can we get on with our lives? Yeah. Like, I mean, you let's know, all do our part and move it on. This is part of it. And for us, obviously, Sam and I are a lot more at risk than a lot of people in the sense of we literally are working in it right now. And, you know, for us, it was the benefit outweighs the risk by light years Big time. for us. Absolutely. 100%. Like I now, you know, once we're done getting our second vaccine, I will feel comfortable going to visit my dad who's 80 years old and my mom and like I can get back to doing things and not feel like I'm at such a high risk to, you know, it doesn't completely get rid of at all of the risk, but we can get on with our lives. Let's also protect those who cannot protect themselves. Yes. There are valid people who cannot get immunized. Yes. It, we don't know about immunocompromised. My best friend, um, her mom has a heart transplant. She can't get the vaccine. Yeah. Um, certain immu- other immunocompromised kids, people that have true anaphylaxis allergies cannot get it. Pregnant mm-hmm. women, it's a personal choice. Totally. I think that sometimes the, you know, if you're someone that works in a high exposure area, if I was pregnant right now, thank you, God, I'm not. If I was pregnant right now, I would get the vaccine still because of my risk of contracting it in the workplace. Yeah. Okay. And but, I will say this too. Um, I have a really good friend who we literally went and got our vaccines together and she is breastfeeding. Um, we have another friend on social media. She's pregnant. She got the vaccine. Um, so there are a lot of pregnant and soon to be pregnant and breastfeeding women who are doing it. So I do actually want to validate that. And Jacob and I, obviously, we're not having kids right now, but in the, my head, the infertility thing. So we've I've right. got, we both heard that a lot. Good luck. Hope I've gotten so many comments, and I know you have too. I saw them on your TikTok where it was like, "Good luck having kids," or "Hope you don't want any kids." Well, guess what? Tori and I both do want kids one day. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We also debunked that with Dr. Rutland, who on explained last the science of it. He explained exactly the science of it of where um, any of that would be, and he myth busted, and you know, from a very scientific standpoint, which I thought was really interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, I decided to do that now. I mean, the immunity, we don't know how long it's supposed to last. However, um, it's supposed to, you know, who knows how long it's going to last. I wanted to get it now. That way I'm protecting myself for at least the rest of the year. I got it the first day it was available at our hospital. Yeah. But let's protect those who can't protect themselves because there's a lot of people out there that can't and we need to help keep them safe. Yeah. 100%. That's like our social responsibility yeah. to this world. Yeah. And I want to touch on this too really quick because this is actually something, a point that um, I haven't really shared it with you guys that much. Like I think a lot of you kind of know, but you know, I'm kind of getting dabbling in more of the Eastern medicine in the sense of trying to protect myself. Um, and um, this year, like I started taking a little bit more vitamin D, some zinc, some magnesium. Jacob and I have always been taking that. I kind of talked to you guys a little bit on Instagram. Um, Jacob and I, well, Jacob has always taken, it's called ZMA. It's zinc, uh, magnesium and a vitamin D at night. So it's funny because 
to some degree that's been found in some studies to be um, a helpful uh, protector of like your immunity system in regards to COVID. So this year I started getting a little bit more proactive with the things I was taking. And I swear. So I went to this. So she's an herbalist and she does acupuncture. She focuses on nutrition, medical massages and things like that. So um, she kind of put me on a high dose vitamin C, vitamin D, magnesium, zinc, and I haven't talked about it much. I'm also on, so I'm on her vitamin and herb regimen. So I take this tea as well. And it's funny because um, not only do I feel so good, but I have not gotten sick this year at all, which is crazy because last year before the pandemic, I was like so sick when I was working in critical care in PICU, CV, on call, like when I started working in the peds units, I was like sicker than a dog. This year, I don't know, I have not been. And it's something that I'm very interested in because Eastern medicine approach, as in preventative, mm-hmm. is really interesting to me. I'm a big fan of combining Eastern and Western because it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Right. And like adjunctive therapy is great. Yes. So before all this, I was doing acupuncture. I was really into that. You know, you guys all know I have my salt rock lamp at my bedside. Now I'm the crazy girl that shows up at lunch with my little vitamin, my pink chic little vitamin pack. So I have all my vitamins. She also has these like weird ass red lights in her room. Yes, the red lights. Corey's a hippie. Oh yeah, I'm turning into like the weirdest, like I'm all into the woo-woo, but Do you use like essential oils? No. Okay. Although, okay, I have a diffuser that has a really like, it's like expensive hotel smell, you know, like Mm. it's like smells really good. Um, but I'm kind of getting really into this. I think it's really I'm interesting. I'm like really into Excedrin. <laughs> <laughs> Excedrin fixes everything. I'm like that guy on like my big fat Greek wedding where I'm he's like Windex. That. I'm just like Excedrin, Excedrin. Wait, okay, you guys talk- want Excedrin? I feel like, okay, can I be the girl that's like into Botox, boob jobs, and also like woo-woo shit? Yes. Thank why you. not? This is my thing. Like I really do enjoy do it. it. Like, it's I-, I want both. Like I will put botulism in my face and then be like. <laughs> Oh, this is organic. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm into the woo-woo. And actually something that if if any of you are interested, I am I was considering maybe asking my I like love her. She's my Chinese medicine doctor, basically, to come on. That and I think cool. it's really interesting because See, I'm just too lazy. <laughs> like I'm intrigued by all that, but I can barely like a skincare routine. <laughs> I'll do it like once a week. And then I fall asleep with my makeup on. You know what it was, though? Like, I just, like, forget. Like, I don't have the time. Like, I like all these, like, ideas of, like, I'm going to take a bath and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, like, it's time-consuming to be a hippie. Totally. Like, (laughs) it's so time-consuming. So I'm just, like, yeah, pop an Excedrin, drink some cold brew and keep it moving. Like, I want to do these things, but I'm, like, also a lazy piece of shit. Okay, so, but here's why I did it. So at the beginning of the year, a lot of you guys know this was when I was in NP school. I was like overwhelmed as fuck. I was just, I was just so exhausted. (laughs) I was beyond my, I was like, my mind was in not good places and I was just exhausted. And it's funny because I went and got my blood drawn and of course everything was fine. You guys, I wasn't out of whack. Like even my vitamin D, I was a little low on vitamin D, but like nothing crazy. And I just, you know. It could have been a little low-grade depression, but, like, I was having IBS. Like, my stomach was, like, a whole hot mess no matter what I was eating. Um, This is all pre-COVID. You guys are, you know, somewhat pre-COVID. And long story short, I ended up finding this wonderful person who maybe we'll bring on the podcast. And I swear, like, 
my whole like mentality and my whole like I just feel so much better. And whatever she put me on and everything that she has suggested has worked. And it's interesting because it's like it doesn't Chinese medicine or or Eastern medicine taps into a totally different side of health. And it's interesting because even at our children's hospital, we have a Chinese medicine consultation where they and an bring acupuncturist. in an acupuncturist. Um, they do use um, certain oils. Um, a lot of our, our oncology patients use it a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know this was a thing. I but- will say when I was in the hospital to get my gallbladder out, I was so nauseous. Like I couldn't stop throwing up. Mm-hmm. And I had a float nurse that day and she floated from oncology. So she was an oncology nurse that floated just to like my normal med surge floor. She gave me – she called her unit because she was, like, so sweet. She knew I was a nurse, and she mm-hmm. called her unit and was like, hey, like, tube me, tube station, some of the um, citrus essential oils. And she gave it to me, and she was like, here, smell this. It'll help your nausea. Holy shit. Yeah. That was the best thing ever. Yeah. And I was so thankful to her because if I didn't have her as my float nurse from oncology, like, but totally. they totally gave me these essential oils, I felt great. Yeah, and I mean, there's just, like, the, it gets to the root of things that I think we just don't think about in the medical field. and. She touches on things that I never even would have thought of that would help me. Um, and I do, I'm, I am woo-woo. I love, I believe in energy. I love Reiki. I love how, you know, certain things like light affect you. I think I'm a big believer in that. Like, I'm like think, looking at Tori like she's crazy. She's looking at me like you're fucking crazy. No, so actually like our hospital also used to do this thing where they'd bring some healing touch girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, bring in like the massage chair people. Like I want them to get yeah. in there. This healing touch girl would just like like lightly like put her hands like in all these weird pressure points but like very lightly see that's my jam and i'm like what the f- what is the fuck <laughs> like no. i'm like give me all the reiki give me all the energy woo woo yes please i'm like i don't want your energy i want someone to like get in there and get these knots out <laughs> and i was like what is this shit <laughs> what is this the center for ants Yes. Um, I love it. Anyway, so if you guys are interested, let me know because I really do actually – this has been an intention to get her on the podcast, but I don't know. If you guys don't want to hear it, you don't want to hear it. But I love it and I think I'm so I love the stuff. Like I it. said, I'm just so lazy to actually implement it into my daily life. But, but I, like, I aspire to. to be a hippie. I'm just lazy. I was not uh, – it wasn't even something that I did by choice. It was like I had to do it. I had yeah. to find something. And like, okay, and also this is another side note, which is an extension of this, is um, Sam and I, you know, we're ending 2020, both medicated as oh, fuck. Oh, medicated AF. Yes, queen. Lexapro. Both of us, both of us are Lexapro medicated. <laughs> it's great, you know, and here's the thing. I love all my woo-woo, but – I also believe in vaccines and I do believe in mental health and I believe in meds. So we're both ending the year 2020 on meds. Um, feeling good. <laughs> feeling great. So much better. You know, and here's the thing. Like, this is the real, right? Like, it's like, this is what we go through. We wanted to share it with you guys because this year has been a cluster. And um, But it's nice getting to just kind of connect with you on like a, this is literally just Tori and I sitting on the couch drinking and recording and i feel like you're actually like getting a little more insight into us as human beings yeah and who we are and our thoughts yeah welcome yeah welcome to the everyone needs a therapist everyone needs to get you know find whatever it is you yeah need we to actually do. have a mental health episode coming up yes um that will be coming out in january mm-hmm. that is great but yeah we're big on we're big on the therapy yeah but you know i mean <laughs> both of us need we need a minute but we just really wanted to like come on here and end the year sort of just 
first of all, thanking you guys for being here with us. And, you know, if there's one thing good that came out of 2020, it's this space. And this community. Yes. We love it. It's interesting how, you know, Sam and I were talking about this, Um, you know, before we were writing up show notes, like how much social media kind of in general has really changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, Just from the standpoint of like meeting people and being able to create a community with you and learning and research, you know, for our episodes here, I think unique to us, obviously you guys know this is like we're nurses and we want to come prepared. We want to come bringing you guys value to the table. So we end up doing a lot of research on our We guests. love writing the show notes mm-hmm. to like actually know what the fuck we're talking about when we mm-hmm. come on this show. So we do all this research and that's so much fun. Yeah. And this year I know like, you know, bringing on Sam, obviously like towards the end of the year, you know, a big aspect for her had been kind of like getting into this space a little bit more in social media. And it's been fun to like do it with her together. And so, you know, it's interesting because COVID also, I think, really expanded um, social media for the medical field. Like Mm -hmm. this really opened up opportunities, which I think is kind of ironic because we were the one industry that really wasn't in social media. And um, this is kind of a pretty like tight lipped group about what's going on. Yeah. We like to close that curtain. We don't like to show it. And it's interesting because I've heard a lot of comments from uh, from actual medical providers kind of poo-pooing on the medical influencer and just kind of being like, why are you being so showy and just sort of getting annoyed with it? And to me, my attitude about it, and you guys know this here, is like, I think this is the space where we need to be. Why? Because everyone is on social media. That's where everyone goes and I think, why shouldn't we have a presence? We have we have taken the time to get educated. We have taken oaths. We have devoured, we have literally devoted our lives to caring for people. So And I, believing in science and doing research and being, like you said, educated. There's so many, no offense to the mommy bloggers. You guys are great. Yeah, I love them. They, they like, led the way. <laughs> you've led the way. Mommy bloggers, yeah. rock on. You guys are some bad bitches. And Pinterest, you guys have stepped up the games to make us feel like we will be inadequate for the rest of our lives. Because I guarantee you, I'll never be a Pinterest mom. <laughs> I am a, I am the queen of Pinterest fails. Yes. But that is a great space. But now you have all these people turning to mommy bloggers mm-hmm. for yeah. information. 100%. And they want their opinions on, is this mommy blogger going to get the vaccine? Right. How is this mommy blogger? Are they wearing masks? Are they social distancing? Mm-hmm. And they're getting their information from them. Mommy bloggers are great, but there needs to also be people that work in healthcare to actually be open about, hey, this is what we're seeing in healthcare. This is how I feel. This is the science and research that I know that I can bring to the table and share with you. Mm-hmm. We're needed. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're needing the social media space. And I think that this year, 2020, was really the year for the medical bloggers and um, medical field to really show their presence. And it makes me really, really happy. Um, You know, and I will say this, though, you know, of course, that comes with a level of responsibility. It comes with everyone needs to be mindful. You know, if you are a medical person and you are putting out information, you need to be mindful of of to make sure that it's accurate, to make sure that you are aligning with things that are actually evidence-based or products that you believe in. Like, look, I do dabble in lifestyle and there are things that I really love that, you know, of course I, I, you know, it's a little bit of both. I do nursing and my personal life, but I think we all have an obligation to, you know, make sure the bar is raised 
Um, you know, obviously Sam and I like to give you a sneak peek of what we do. Like, that's important. Like, I do think it's like, I want to bring you the real of like what nursing is like. It's not all roses. We want to, you know, we want to give you both sides of it. And I think it's really important, as I said, for all of us to be here. And we Um, like to share, I mean, we share our personal lives. Like Tori is very big into horses uh, in her free time. I'm a power lifter in my free time. Like we give you more of our real life. And I think Tori's always very been true on a platform sense of talking nursing. And I've been more just like, this is my life. And I feel like now that I've come on this podcast, it's a little bit more of my responsibility to talk about more healthcare issues and mm-hmm. share those. And I just feel like I need to use my- You also have a new invigorated, like, um, I think passion for the things that you- you know, because you're such a good teacher. Definitely. I've gone through very highs and lows with my nursing career. And um, we actually already recorded an episode about just why I left the NICU and my experiences and lessons learned in nursing and my burnout journey itself. So I've gone through very ups and downs with nursing being super passionate about the field and about education and everything. And then I've gone through like lows where I'm just like, nursing pays my bills. Yeah. To be honest, like it pays yeah. my bills. Yeah. It's great. And um, I think like you said, I have actually, this podcast has given me a newfound passion about healthcare and using my voice to try to empower those that work in healthcare to make it a better place yep. because I'm very passionate. And I think I was so passionate about nursing that I burned myself out to where I didn't give a fuck about nursing anymore. And yeah. now I think it's like kind of coming around where I'm finding this happy medium where I'm balancing my personal life and prioritizing myself and my self-care but now able to actually use this platform in a positive space to talk about issues in healthcare and help create conversation because I do I do still care. I wouldn't have been in this field and I do want to see it things change, things be talked about, things improved. So I think yeah. yeah, it's definitely like you said it's reinvigorated me a little bit. Yeah. And um we were kind of talking about how to, you know, what what's the biggest takeaway from this year that 2020 has given you other than it was the biggest fucking shit show of our lives. Um, for me, I feel like it was this year really showed me, um, to simplify it, what is important in my life. If I had to name five things on my hand, like I could tell you guys literally like five things on my hand that literally matter to me. And it's narrowed down the things that I really value. And, you know, this virus, obviously this year just has been beyond anything we ever could have imagined, but it really did show me what's important in my life. And, um, you know, life is short. Life is, it's like, if you're not doing something that you love and you're passionate about, and you can, you know, wake up every day and be like, if I, if I died today, I would be completely fine knowing that this is what I did today. Like, these are the things that I wanted to accomplish. You know, I mean, that's literally how I live my life now. If I'm not happy doing it, like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I think what you said even about, like, you can name five things off the top of your head. I can't. And that I think that's actually problematic. So now I'm going to go home and, like, dwell on that. Mm. Because I think that should be something that right off the top of your head, you should be able to easily say these are the five things most important to me. I mean, I could easily say my family, my dogs, Mm -hmm. my health. And then I'm like, okay, what's the last two? Now I got to actually like think about this, break Podcast. it down, prioritize. So that's actually good food for thought for me. Um, but life is like extremely short. And I've learned that like, honestly, it started off. So the day 
I recorded my first episode as a guest, episode number seven. Mm-hmm. I was a guest on Tori's podcast. Kobe died that morning. Yep. He died that morning. On that, your way here. On my way here. Well, like he In already, a helicopter. Yeah. In a helicopter crash. What do I do for a living? I fly around in helicopters in Southern California. Mm-hmm. That hit me hard. That could be me. Mm-hmm. That could be me. It was definitely like a rude wake up call of like life isn't promised. Every time I go to work, there's no guarantee I'm coming home. Granted, I trust my pilots with my life. They are so extremely safe. I feel beyond safe in their hands up in the air. And mm-hmm. that's why I do this job. But again, I mean, every time I even drive up to Tori's house to record, life's not promised to me. Mm-hmm. And so life is so short and can be taken away in an instant. And then we've gone through like straight into that, into COVID and a global pandemic. And then we go into like civil unrest and a civil rights movement. And then we lead into like an election year. And then I suffer this tragic personal loss within my family of losing like my stepdad. And life is so short. And like, if I died today right now, like would everyone, what would everyone, how would I be remembered by people? And is that the type of memory, like lasting impression that I wanted to make on people? Because I can say, like, with my stepdad passing away, we have nothing but, like, amazing things to say about the man he was. If I died today, is that – what would people say about me? Mm-hmm. What would my legacy be? Did I, a really like, good WAP? I, I have a really great WAP dance. <laughs> but, like, am I leaving the type of impression that I would want to leave behind if I were to die today? Yeah. Am I waking up every day and doing things that make me happy? Am I going to a job that makes me happy and feel fulfilled? Yes, I am. Thankfully, I love my job as a transport nurse and I love my coworkers. I love my manager. Like I'm very blessed. But am I surrounding myself with people that are good, positive people, good energy? Yeah. Like every day counts. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has been the biggest thing of like learning in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sam and I both, um, they're really strong takeaways. And on that note, you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Have, clink, clink. You got your drink out. Cheers with cheers, us. Cheers, cheers, cheers with us. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, Happy almost New Year's to everyone. Yes. Have a safe one. Have a safe one. Please distance. Please wear your masks. You guys, we love you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Thank you so much for being here. You guys, Selfie Squad, are you guys are lit. Uh, make sure you are following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all of our episodes on www.selfiepodcast.com. Merch, you guys. Oh, it's so cute. Okay, right now I am She's wearing her lo- I'm wearing my love a day off it's shirt so and I'm wearing cute. my off the clock hat, oh my which God, is guys. my favorite. And I'm wearing the long sleeve shirt. I always this is my favorite one. I, I know. love our long that sleeve. That one's actually one of the like best sellers. Yes, everyone loves everyone this one. Loves and it's one. got the little EKG on the on mm-hmm. the left little arm here. We love that. Um, we actually are coming out with a new mask. Um, I want to tell you guys what yeah, it is already. Them. Okay, okay tell them we're so coming cute. out with a vaccinated AF mask. So look why are we that. so funny? It's so oh, fun, so funny. So we're gonna have that come out uh, with brave gowns. We're really excited that, about that for you guys. Um, if you guys head over to rate and review our show, subscribe, download the episodes. Download, Don't just listen. Please download, download them. Download, download, and subscribe. Um, and leave us a review. And when you do, you guys will be on the list for us to send you our selfie swag bag. So stickers. Every month, we got new stickers coming. 
Mm-hmm. We have new stickers. We also have our adorable Selena selfie icon pin. We love her. Um, make sure you guys are following us on our Instas. We're doing uh, like lots of giveaways too lately. So yeah, we you definitely want to check out our Instagram. We've been wanting to keep it spicy and fun for you guys. We we want you to know how much we love you. So we've been doing like some random giveaways here and there. Um, make sure you are following us on our Instas. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. Woo woo. And happy New Year's, you guys. Yes, let's have a good 2021. Fuck, let's bring in a whole new. Can we bring in a whole new just New Year Who Dis? New Year Who Dis? <laughs> All right, guys. Love you. Much love. Bye. See you next year. <laughs>